Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It is Wednesday and we are back here in studio talking about, you guessed it, The Searchers. This is the oldest film we have ever covered on Action Movie Anatomy and it has one of the most classic cinematic frames in the history of film. We can't wait, guys. We're going to talk about The Searchers. We'll see you in just one quick second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. This is John Wayne's this favorite song. This is John Wayne's <laughs> favorite song. I think if we were smart, we Rolling probably down the street in my 6'4". <laughs> we probably would have picked some sort of like... Uh, one of the like western songs that plays hitting them corners and them lolos girl yeah there you go <laughs> oh that's the thing we should record that's yeah, yeah that's one that's really good uh so guys we're here it's action movie anatomy we're back it's wednesday afternoon you're seeing this uh spoiler alert it's a pre-tape it is neither of us are here right now live with you the studio's empty right now when you're watching yeah this is like literally that scene in oceans 11 when they play back the video of the vault happening yep but actually there's a robbery happening <laughs> Yeah. <gasps> we're actually not happening. even there. Yeah, exactly. So we're here. It's Wednesday afternoon, guys. Action Movie Anatomy. We're back. Boom! All right. We're talking about The Searchers. This is Action Movie Anatomy here on the Popcorn Talk Network. We talk action movies on this show. Uh, this film, you know, is, is a movie we've talked about doing for a long time because it was recommended to us by one of the respected and treasured generals in the Action yeah. Army. One of the first ever generals. One of the first ever generals yeah. in the, of the Action Army, and that is Andrew Hayes, sir. We salute you. Uh... He's a member of the uh, the Patreon, which we will get to in a little bit here, guys. But uh, today we are covering The Searchers. This is Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network that they get to talk in movies, all things movie-related, and talking pop culture by the bucketful. So I like that the rules for Action Movie Anatomy, the four basic rules. Right. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. You're goddamn right. Yeah, John Wayne. Ethan? I don't even know John Wayne's movies as well as I should. Yeah. I feel like he's never not played by his own rules. Ever. Yeah. I always play by my own rules. I only play by my own rules. You see. Uh, rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. It's it's interesting because the Comanche as a as a whole is really the villain. Like, Scar is kind of who you're, like, pinpointed on, but yeah. do you even see him die? No. You and don't. They, and they really don't do anything bad. No, they really don't, which I think is something really interesting to talk about here. Um the hero and the villain is the smartest people in the room. It, it's almost like John Wayne is the hero and the villain. Yeah, I would agree. He like, yeah, and I think it's one of his more complex characters. Uh, I think that's probably why this film is so respected. He's he's kind of a thief. He's a little bit of a scoundrel. He's he's definitely like not exactly the best guy. Yeah, he gets uh, he gets like crazy off bloodlust, and he just wants to kill, kill, kill. Yeah, um, it, it is interesting. Like, I. I do think that you're able to kind of pawn this off as a movie that's just old and whatever, and and but when you really kind of dive into it and, and dig deep, yeah. there's a lot of really cool stuff to talk about. Well, so. you know, there's, a, there's a lot of layers. I think that's what makes it so cool. So yeah. rule number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. He's military. He is yeah. military. He yeah. just got back from the Civil War. He's a Texican ranger. He is. Uh, and rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't they have explosive guys? Uh, well, there's a there's a burning house we see at the beginning. Right. Nose um, doesn't deal with. There's no dynamite. We'll say that the house blows up. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> at some point. So it kind of fits the rules here, uh, guys. Coming up today on the show, we've got some fun segments coming up for you. We're going to be talking about uh, our top three modern westerns. We are going to be asking and answering the question: Is John Wayne the most masculine actor in the history of cinema? Uh, and yeah, and a few other fun things. So stay stay tuned with us here. I just realized that the segments aren't on here, even yeah. though I just wrote them in. Did you like that I was able to pull them off? I really I, well, that's why I was looking for them. I'm very happy that this is why we do prep before the show. Look, I didn't go to journalism school for nothing. <laughs> 
I didn't go to journalism. I didn't go to school. Uh, so, uh, and uh, yeah, guys, the, the last thing to do before we get into the first segment on the show is a big shout out to a couple brand new patrons, members of the Action Army, and that's going to be John Schubel and Dylan Steiner. I wanted to give you guys a big we salute, salute you. Yeah, welcome absolutely. To the, welcome to the Army. Yeah, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, we are cruising through all of our five plus dollar patrons on uh, patreon.com slash team actions where you can find our patreon that's why we're thanking these guys uh they'll also get to top five list covered on mini amas that we do with uh in our secret headquarters yeah we do these uh, special segments now this is going to air on what uh wednesday the 29th i believe so yes. so i don't know because i don't know scheduling wise at that point mm-hmm. will the uh will the match my match against John Steven Roca. Oh, yeah. Will have it gone public or be on Patreon yet? I don't know. I, and also, you're playing Mark Riley. I am officially going to be able to play Mark Riley and compete in the team's tournament. Yeah, so I don't know when all this is going to air. What I will say, guys, is go check out patreon.com slash teamaction. If that stuff is public and what the results are, yeah. you will be able to find us talking about those results on patreon.com slash teamaction. For a buck a month, you guys right now are getting two videos a week. Uh, a bunch of fun stuff there. Top five lists, uh, mini AMAs, behind-the-scenes schmodown stuff. So definitely a good thing to do there. So let's get into the show today. Um, the first thing we like to do is thesis statement. Yeah, but after we watch the trailer, which is going to be interesting, because I don't think we've ever watched a trailer from the 50s. There, like, weren't trailers in the 50s. I know. Well, that's why I was like, do we have a trailer? Yeah. And Anthony says we do. It so. might have been cut since. Cause yeah, it didn't... had to have been. They didn't even have theatrical releases back no. then. They had, like, a theater it came out in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anthony B up in the booth though How you doing Anthony? Oh I'm doing great I've actually never seen this movie And I'm interested to see what you guys have to say about it It's it's a really interesting movie man It really is The Searchers The Searchers It's John Wayne as Ethan Edwards Who had a rare kind of courage no. The courage that simply keeps on and on Far beyond all reasonable endurance. Never thinking of himself as martyred. Never thinking of himself. <laughs> you just like, what is this? We'll find him in the end, I promise you. We'll find him. I like Here that scene. Yeah. Sweet. Hard and relentless. Tender and passionate. Of people who dared to challenge a hostile land. Here is drama of great love and aching loneliness. Here is drama of great love and aching loneliness. <laughs> what you saw was a buck. Wearing Lucy's dress. I found Lucy back in the canyon. What was she? What do you want me to do? Draw you a picture? Spell it out? Don't ever ask me. As long as you live, don't ever ask me more. You it's, don't the most, hear my it's the most emotional scene in the entire movie. Absolutely. <laughs> they showed the whole scene. They just showed the whole <laughs> explosion of emotion. It's yes, a good scene. He's not a bad actor. Like you kind of want to like, like Humphrey Bogart. You look at him and you're like, eh. Yeah, right. You want to you want to Keanu Reeves this guy, but it's like he's he he has this quality. We'll, we'll talk about it when, yeah. when we get to John Ford. We can talk about it. And neither of us are really big like Western fans. Yeah, well, and, and more specifically, like this specific genre and John Wayne as, as like a character, like you have to really. Have had some reason to go deep. Around. Yeah, neither of us really did. So, no. The Reverend. How much longer is this trailer, Anthony? Uh, he's like, forty-four more seconds. <laughs> he's wow. like forty-four more minutes. <laughs> you know, you can actually just cut it. We don't need to. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to keep we don't, watching we don't need it. To finish it. 
The snow swept uh, plains of Canada. Canada. They're in Canada? Canada. I guess I didn't realize that. I have to tell you, um, my thesis statement for this film, thesis statement, guys, if you're watching or listening for the first time, this is your biggest bull. Oh, you know what? We didn't explain what thesis statement was last show. Yeah, you did. I don't, it's like, yeah, it's like that. Oh, no, you nah, did fist, fist pump. pump. Yeah. Wow, weird. Weird. 180 episodes. Honestly, last one. the last episode we did with Kessler just felt a little discombobbed. Just because yeah. it always feels with one more person and we took a week off. And, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so the thesis statement is the, the your biggest, boldest thought about the film. The film comes up in conversation. This is the thing that you're going to say about it. It's, it. It is the one thing, your bold statement, you would stand behind. So, you know, what I will say about this film is that this film is... As confusing as any American classic film I've ever watched. That's such an interesting thesis. They're so damn confusing, aren't they? Like, all the old movies are so confusing. Now, I feel dumb, and it's possible, guys. Like, I'm going to be full disclosure about this. You know, I watched this movie, and I tried to stay totally engaged. And I got distracted by my phone here and there. But I definitely watched it. I watched every minute of the movie. It took me two sittings last night and this morning to finish it. I just a lot of a lot of the changes, the scene changes, why the characters were in one place and then in the next, why right. people seem to care about things, relationships, like a lot of stuff just seemed very discombobulated and dysfunctional. Yeah, and and you know, it's interesting. I I think I'm actually going to just cut you off and hop in with my thesis and that's that for me in this movie what I noticed the most is that they didn't care about anything other than John Wayne. His story and right. the way he looked on screen and the way that his moments happened and like it didn't matter where they were at next as long as John Wayne was leading them there. And, you know, it didn't it didn't really um, the exposition of the story and the actual storyline itself was pretty hard to follow. And I think it's because all they really ever wanted to do is make John Wayne such a powerful force in every scene. And like he was driving the exposition, but you didn't actually know really what was going on. And it worked. And that's, of course it did. And that's yeah. what's interesting is that all the scenes that he's not in feel really weak. Yes. They feel really, in fact, every element of this movie that is not John Wayne, like being this tortured character feels very weak. Even, well, even like the Comanche are like very like, they're like miscast. It's like a white guy who's really tan with blue eyes. Yeah. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. And it's, and even when you watch the, I, I think the very opening of the movie is a, is a really, um, strong tell of kind of like even when he first gets there it's like Uncle Ethan's back yeah. you realize that the whole movie and the whole family is just about him Yeah, it's about it's all paying attention to him so it's kind of hard to care about Debbie and it's kind of hard to care about Martin yeah. and, and, and uh, the Elizabeth or the wife I can't remember her name but it's kind of hard to care about them because their only job is to serve John right. on screen fully his mission all of his all of his uh, his distrust for the Comanche and all of his uh, Comanche yeah all of his like uh, inner turmoil and, and his sort of questionable nature—it's all just sort of on display there. And this is so, this is sort of supposed—I think it's supposed to be one of the most complex Wayne movies because he isn't—he is truly kind of an antihero. He's not a very likable guy, but he's also kind of an awesome guy. Yeah, he he, he is. He's like he's super masculine and badass, but he's—you he, see that he kind of like goes astray. And I think that's a really—I had a really hard time watching this movie, and I talked to you about this because. I'm not white, and um, also with all the stuff going on politically and in our climate right now, especially with the Native Americans and the pipeline that just happened, all that stuff, it's really hard to kind of watch a movie that just kind of uh, criminalizes Native Americans. Yeah. It really does. And so for me, I had a hard time, and then I had to kind of take a step back and look at the movie and look at, you know, and read about the movie. And, and one thing that you that you said early in the show that I think is very interesting is the Comanche are painted as this, like, savage tribe that that 
it alludes to them raping women and just being monsters. And but what you realize is that John Wayne is just as bad as them throughout the movie, which oh, yeah. I think, like you said, is such an interesting character choice for yeah. for him and John Ford to have created. Uh, I think it actually creates. On the surface, you can be like, "This is a stupid racist movie," but if you look into it, you're like, "Well, it's interesting because the white the whole thing is about how the white people think that they're better than them, but they do the exact same thing for sure." And I th- I also think, uh, and we can get a little bit more into this, but the most fascinating thing to talk about is so this film is almost seventy years old, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's by far and away the oldest movie we've covered, nineteen fifty six. And so at the time in nineteen fifty six. The genre of Western was very uh-huh. formulaic. It was the most prominent American genre. It was Westerns and musicals were, were the big movies. They made so many of the two of them. Um, Westerns were the most common American movie. You had all these Western stars. And the idea of a character as complex as John Wayne's lead character in this film is not something you got a ton of back then. It, it just... Westerns went through a couple distinct changes and stopped really being made by about the 1970s on the whole in America. Um, right and and this movie really does exist at a time and in such a way that for us looking back on it because you and i don't watch westerns in the 40s and 50s very often it doesn't stand out as much as it otherwise would if we went back and watched 10 others if we watched stagecoach and rio bravo and we went back and watched the man who shot liberty valance and all these other films and then we watched this movie i think it would make a lot more sense why it's considered to be the greatest john wayne film uh, yeah by most people because i think it's it does have it does make you think. It makes you feel a little uncomfortable at times, which is, I think, not the norm for that time. Yeah, yeah, it it, it truly does make you think, and I think that, like you said, that is not the norm for the movies at the time, and, and again, it's not the norm for the characters that Ford and Wayne would create together. Like, it just didn't... Uh, it is weird seeing him as, as kind of an anti-hero, but you have to side with him, because he's, yeah. he's John Wayne, right? Yeah, so so we're going to move on to the next uh, bit of the show here, and this is so this is called Fist Pump Moment. Yeah. So Fist Pump Moment is something happens in the film, you kind of look around, you're like, are you seeing this right now? This is so awesome! I get to watch this whole movie! Oh my god! We kind of call each other and, and like text me, like, Dude, just wait till you get to this part. Or like, hey, hey, skip ahead to this part of the movie, you gotta, you gotta see what happens. Or John Wayne, also referred to as the Duke. Uh, yes. I think he just is the Fist Pump Moment. He just kind of, just like him being on screen is just... Yeah, a ba- he's just badass. He's like, so John Wayne. I think we we talked about this just just a second before, but uh, he's one of the most famous movie stars of all time. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know if, what the list is, but probably if you were going to go like back to the the Stone Ages or, or yeah, it's like him, Bogart, Stewart, Brando. Yeah, there's like a, there's these guys, and I think his career was very long lasting, and also he was uh, this one type of character, right? He's very. He's very much the same character time and time and time again. But John Ford found this way to really use John Wayne. Yeah. It's, it's like he was almost like, well, you're going to be like this, so I'm going to use this thing you have to the best of its ability, which is why they collaborated, I think, 16 or 13 times. Jesus, that's uh, crazy. Yeah. So you look at his films here, and uh, the three movies that he had made prior to this were The Conqueror, Blood Alley, and The Sea Chase. I'm going to be honest with you. I know names. I know dates. The Conqueror I have heard of, Bloody, Bloody, Blood Alley, and The Sea Chase I'm not familiar with. Yeah, I know that he plays Genghis Khan at the end of The Conqueror. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but for... So for Fist Pump, I... It's interesting. Because, again, I don't have... Like, yeah, John Wayne just is the Fist Pump, right? Like, I don't have enough context. I don't. I haven't seen enough of his movies. There, there were, like, moments in this movie, I, I definitely think, that, that I felt more like... Because it's just, like, him talking. They set him up. It's like yeah. they tee him up time and time again. 
to just be awesome. Yeah. It's like they'll say they'll say something to him and be like, "You get your own drink, you see," and you'll be like, "God." He's like, "That is an order, but if it's if if it's wrong, it's the last one you'll ever give me." Like yeah. that was just like you said that weird, but it sounded cool. How many down there? Two dozen, maybe. Plenty to go around. Like yeah, you're just yeah. like, you're like, God, this guy's cool. This guy's the coolest guy ever. Yeah. yeah. How could he's like he's kind of like your he's like your crazy uncle, but he's also like your crazy uncle who's the coolest uncle that's ever lived. Yeah, it's like the cra- your crazy uncle who also has a medal of honor. You like don't really want to be him. No, never. Like, but if like if we're in trouble, that's who I want. That's who you, yeah, I want that guy taking charge. Actually, that's so funny you say that. My fist pump moment yeah. is right before. They're they're uh, they get raided by the Comanche yeah. at the houses, and the kids like he's all scared, and she's like, "What's wrong?" He's like, "I just I just wish Uncle Ethan were here." Yeah, of course. And, and I was like, "Where's John?" Wayne? I was like, "Me too." <laughs> what the hell? Forty mile ride? He's not going to make it. Yeah, we know he'd take them all out. Which is also another one of those things that was so badass. He's like, "That's a forty mile ride, and these horses need water yeah. and grain." These idiots will ride back on yeah, their horses, and their horses are going to die, and they're not going to make yeah. it back in time. Yeah. And he just goes to sleep. Yeah, and he's and he's there, and he's like, he's like these horses need water and grain, and he and he takes off the saddle for a second. You're like, oh shit, is he taking weight off because he's gonna ride bareback? He, start to, he starts. He's to... like, you get that grain. Yeah, and you're like, <laughs> he takes care of his horses. He knows he's a true soldier. He's awesome. He is awesome. Yeah. So I actually loved both of those moments. The the moment of where he's like, wow, I wish Uncle Ethan was here, and then that moment of like, that's a forty mile ride. Yeah, yeah, it's just so. That guy could tell me anything. Yeah. And I would do it. Which is unsurprising why he was sort of the... He's a lot... He's a lot like Cruise, I guess, in that way. In the sense that, like, what we love the most about Tom Cruise, I think, is... It's not... It's like his just... It's sort of his delivery. It's his cruisy delivery. Same with Denzel. Absolutely. It's Denzel, Cruise, and Bogart was like that. Jimmy Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. I mean, he sounds like this. They're incredibly distinctive, but there's something about, like, you almost just get used to enjoying the sound of their voice. Uh, I think Wayne and, and Eastwood are two of the most iconic ever for, yeah. for just because of Westerns. You know? I would agree. And so I think it kind of begs the question here before we uh, you know, get into Jeffrey Hunter, we'll talk about it in a second. Is John Wayne the most masculine movie star of all time? And the answer to the question is, I mean, so I pulled up a list of some of the other ones. Yeah. And, you know, some people will pop out. First of all, modern, modern, there's like so few. When like, you say masculine, it's like uh, there's like a couple factors, right? Yeah, it's like it's like your first of all, your physical look is part of it. You can't be a good actor. Yeah, <laughs> there's like the energy with which you carry yourself, which right. is really important. So, but, sorry, keep going. But there's also this sort of like lack of like we 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 joked last week about Channing Tatum and sort of like how Jason Statham doesn't have a sense of humor about himself. Yeah, I think that if you have a sense of humor about yourself. It in some ways takes away some of that max, that masculinity that we're talking about. It does a little bit. Okay, so like some of the most iconic people of all time, right, are like the Steve McQueens, yes. James Dean, Humphrey Bogart, right. Jimmy Stewart, Marlon Brando, Clint Eastwood, Rock Hudson, Cary Grant. I'd say Paul Newman. Is Paul, I was actually just going to say Paul Newman, um, Elvis. Yeah. Uh, you know, so these guys, Redford when he was young, uh, there's this thing about them that Honestly, them being better actors, Brando is like kind of the only one. He start he's really what separated that genre well, or that, and, that and like and Newman. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brando and Newman. Um and they were the first ones to be like truly amazing actors. Yeah. Like very, very good. Yeah. And I think that that honestly makes it so that they're not 
the guy because the guy doesn't have to be a good actor. You, you, totally. And, and the other thing I think that's interesting about this too is I think age is a, is a really distinct part of it. I thought about They're this the all other, older. I thought about this the other day, like because because Newman. I've been realizing this recently. I've said it a bunch of times on here, but Newman is my favorite actor of all time. I mean, yeah. Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, I have my guys that I love, but Newman is the guy that I kind of continually go back to his old stuff and I watch it. and I'm just like, there's nobody that's ever been better, yeah, or just cooler or like just the he's just the best yeah and newman when he booked his first like when he booked his first roles like the ones that like put him on the map even a little bit he was already past 30 and even in those roles he's too young by the time he booked the hustler he's like mid 30s by the time he books cool hand luke cool hand luke he's like in his he's like in his 40s he's like mid 40s at that point so like the the real heart of his career like the meat and potatoes of paul newman's like stardom Comes from like, like 40, 40 and 55. Plus. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, well, then, and Old Man Newman is amazing. Yeah, Old Man Newman is incredible. And you look at, you look at, you know, John Wayne at this point in his career, you know, he, he broke out in 1939 with Stagecoach. I mean, he's, this is almost 20 years into his career at this point. Yeah, I mean, he ran Hollywood for essentially 30 years. And, and you can see, like, he's an older dude in this movie. He's, he's not intimidating because he's like some young buck that is going to, like, mess you up in a fist fight. He's intimidating because he's the dude that's been through it all. How much more attractive still there. is he than Jeffrey Hunter? Like who the young hotshot kid who's like this right. super pretty like blonde hair, yeah, like, you know, blue like, eye. Yeah, he's very good looking, tan, like great shape. And you're like John Wayne is such more of a man. Yeah, like, you're like I want that guy to take me home. Yeah, you're like that guy's yeah. a little boy. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, it's t- so like in in this era we talk. I like Russell Crowe, but it's tough because he's kind of like I mean Gladiator and yeah, he just fell off. And then like you got ride, Denzel ride, riding bikes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Denzel. Yeah, but Denzel's also like an interesting. It's a different type of. Well, also, you know? I think that if you were to go back to all the guys we just named, I think Jack had a little bit of that too. Uh, if you, oh, if, classic Jack. If you were to go back to all those guys we named, and you were to like put them in the context of social media, uh, I think a lot of their careers would be ruined in today's day and age. Because in the same way that, for instance, hmm. like Mel Gibson was that guy, he's just not anymore because <laughs> he's just like an anti-Semite, yeah, and crazy. the world just knows that. So it's yeah. like it's very difficult to like. You know what I mean? He, Absolutely, man. I mean, I, I John Wayne had this really famous Playboy article where he basically is he's like a he's just a racist, just yeah. straight up a racist and a misogynist. And like, it's tough because the world was just different back then. It really was, and you see it in movies, and you see it in actors, and like. I mean, Sean Connery is in an interview with Barbara Walters, and he talks about how it's, he thinks it's okay to remind a woman sometimes with his hands. Yeah, right. I've seen and, that. And you're just like, fuck. You yeah. just said that to Barbara Walters on national television, and it's fine. You, yeah. You yeah. know? So it's like you want to hold a lot of that stuff against him, but it's kind of hard to. This is 70 years ago almost. Yeah, you know? right. It's like you – I guess what it comes down to is that it's if it's modern day, this day and age, somebody is still working, uh, and they're in their prime – you you do hold it against them absolutely. If, if it's John Wayne and he's dead, and he and he stopped making movies in the seventies. His last movie was nineteen seventy six. Yeah, you just sort of have to say like nineteen seventy six was your last movie. That was forty two years ago, and you'd like, already been making movies for thirty years. The prime of your career was fifty to sixty years ago. Like you, when you say you didn't know any better, it's like how could you have known better? You were making movies in the height of racism in America. Like you were, you were making movies when, like, and this was like the type of racism that was celebrated too. Like this, 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 like cowboys and Indian racism. It was like a very, it happened in all movies. You were making, ra- <clears throat> you were making movies 
before like Rosa Parks refused to like get off a bus. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's crazy. It, it's a different time in America, so like it's very hard to uh, to, to watch and sort of point the finger because you're just like I can't really. You, you can't want, really hold it against him, and the only reason that you even want to or, or begin to is because you're like you are an iconic figure that still somehow feels familiar enough because of your level of fame yeah. that I can hold you to the same standard as Hugh Jackman. But right? It's like that's not really fair. So, yeah. so who's the most masculine actor now? Is is there like a you know? It's like it's not The Rock. No, it's not. It's not Hugh Jackman. It's close. Might be Denzel. Might be Denzel. Uh, you know, I mean, Denzel I is definitely like, um, Denzel's definitely like that guy. I mean, I don't find Statham to be like super masculine. No. You know, I don't think Vin Diesel's super masculine. Like, um, I'm trying to think if there's any Gosling other... like succeeds off of being kind of a pretty boy and pretty not masculine, like he is yeah. super masculine, but he's always like, John Wayne to be like, I'm going to hurt you so bad. Your whole family is going to feel it. Yeah. And then R- Ryan Gosling's like, I'm going to hurt you really bad. Yeah. You know, it's just like a different type yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like it, the John Wayne delivery is like so cardboard, but it's like, it's like right. old man strength. <laughs> yeah, old man strength. <laughs> I think to do it, you kind of have to be, you kind of have to not be too pretty. Like, yeah. You have to be. Yeah. And like all those, like Humphrey Bogart is not an attractive man. No, like DiCaprio's too pretty. Like yeah. all those guys. Dude, you know what I actually rewatched the other day? It's just changing stuff. I, I rewatched Wolf of Wall Street the other day. So good. It was so good. It's like unbelievable. The, the scene of him recapping what he thinks happened yeah. and then what actually happened is like his greatest moment he's in comedy. on the ground. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, like the movie's so good and like how incredible is Jonah Hill in that movie? Oh, he's, I mean, yeah, he's amazing. He's so good. Yeah. Like I love, I love the scene where, uh, where where DiCaprio's like, Jonah Hill's like a, an actual good actor, really good. Yeah, like a really good actor. Yeah, I, lo- I love when when DiCaprio's like, he also heard some weird shit about him, and he and he's like, I heard this thing, like you, you married your cousin. He's like, ah, oh, it's not really fucking like that. I, uh, uh, you know, he's like, I was gonna let somebody else fuck my cousin, so and he just doesn't deny it at all. Yeah. He just confirms <laughs> he's it. Just like, but he like says like, no, it's not true. That he's like, yeah, it is what happened. You're to smoke this crack. <laughs> he's like, ah, it's not like this. It's really, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. Jonah Hill is phenomenal. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> and then when he comes back from the country club and he's like trying to get across the oh, table yeah. Jonah Hill's on the phone <laughs> it's, like, ah, ah. it's like the movie is amazing you know who might fucking might be who McConaughey McConaughey might be that it's, might be who it is it's tough because if he would have just stuck with Trudy season one 100% Trudy season one McConaughey is like is like the most masculine it gets it's uh, like quiet and brooding and like just like a badass. Yeah, he's weighs like, like 112 pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like probably gonna die. Like if you want the story, like smoking the cigarettes. But he's like, if you want the story. Like yeah, he might be McConaughey. Oh, here you go. Anthony says Mark Wahlberg. I think Mark Wahlberg's still a little too pretty. I think he's a little too like. I can just never. Like, there's if you guys go watch the trailer for the happening. Yeah, <laughs> I Mark, love it. Mark Wahlberg has a line. He's like. Oh, and yeah. like ever since then, I just can't take him as like a badass. I remember uh, the happening. What do you mean? I remember that movie came out and the trailer. And there's like there's a, there's another line in the trailer too where he's like, "These bees were a real thing." Yeah, exactly. he says like something. I, I don't remember what he says exactly. But what the hell do you mean? I remember he like says it, and my buddy and I were like, "This is gonna be a." This is back when Teddy. And oh, I when you see the, the movies, the worst movie of the week. We went to see the happening. But we walked out thirty minutes in because it was so bad. It's really bad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess, I mean, okay, so yeah, maybe John Wayne just is the most masculine movie star of all time. He he definitely represents a unique, like a, a very, very unique feel. Nobody else has the feel that he has. I mean, and, and he's also, he's 6'4", he's a he's big six foot dude. Four? He's, he's a big guy. Wow. 
You can see it on screen. He's massive. So Preacher was my maybe my favorite comic book series of all time. Right. And it's on TV now, and, and the show has been good. Uh, one of the things that's been missing from Preacher, uh, the TV show, is that in the comic book, Jesse Custer, who's the main character, has been uh, talking to an imaginary version of John Wayne his whole childhood. So as a little kid, his dad made him watch John Wayne movies. And he, like, when he's, like, in moments of distress, he sees, like, an imaginary John Wayne. That's, like, his imaginary friend that he talks to. Okay. Um, and and so, like, there's a lot of talk about John Wayne and John Wayne films. And there's all these stories of, like, during the Vietnam War, like, John Wayne going visiting the troops and stuff. And, like, he was such a an essential part of, like, American culture. Oh, he, absolutely. He wasn't, he was, he was, in a lot of ways, he was more than just a movie star or an actor. He was, he was sort of represented something else. He like represented he masculinity. He represented America and masculinity and like yeah, yeah. it was like it was like who did America want to be in this time? It was like we want to be John Wayne. The strong We want to look like John Wayne. Strong silent type. Doesn't yeah. say too much. Says what he, says what he means. Says what he means and does what he wants. Yeah, exactly. So so that's John Wayne. So yeah. on the other side you got Jeffrey Hunter, his three Muslim films, uh, A Kiss Before Dying, Seven Cities of Gold, and Seven Angry Men. I'll be honest, I I've seen the movie Twelve Angry Men. It's uh, clearly a prequel. <laughs> it's back when the jury only had seven instead of twelve. Uh, I mean, this is this is one of the things about doing a movie that's seventy years old, and Ben and I are thirty. Um, there's not a lot of context for us, but you know, Jeffrey Hunter does a good job. I think Martin's fine in the movie. I, I, I their relationship is so weird because like he's fine. He kind of they s- never really like each he's other. Kind of a sissy. Yeah, he's kind of a sissy, and like John Wayne doesn't really ever respect him. You know, he just like doesn't really. I mean, it's not even his fault. I'm sure it's written that way. He's oh, absolutely. To, he's supposed to make John Wayne look like a total badass. And he's supposed to just kind of be a little bitch. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's really pretty and super tan. Like, it seemed like he tanned a lot for the role. Oh, my God. Everyone tans so much. White guys are darker in this movie than I've ever been in my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, like, yeah, yeah. Scar. The big... first time you see Scar, his eyes are so blue and his skin is so dark. The, like, color correction in this movie. It's is, crazy. It's crazy, yeah. So, um, so... Usually we do something called Schmodown Corner right now, but yeah. instead I want to talk about our drunk watch along that you and I have been brewing oh, in the books. Yes. I want to do it. I'm, I'm springing this on you, I know, but you and I are, we're technically a week ahead in time right now, yeah. and we're trying to figure out timings and movies and like how we want to make it work. Let's talk about it just a little bit on the show. So yeah, th- this is kind of where we're at, guys. Uh, if you're listening, you're watching this. Now, this is probably going to be, I'm guessing, a slightly underwatched episode. The Searchers. It's an yeah. old movie. Uh, obviously, you know, Andrew Hayes, we love you, so we want to do this film. And, 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 yeah, and we'll, it's a cool movie to get to talk about, but we will do a further announcement of this. But I think the conversation to be had about this is that we know that doing a drunk watch along specifically for our most loyal, biggest fans is something we want to do. Yeah. Um, to, to get the equipment set up, to edit the stuff, to buy the booze, to Uber to and from, all the things that we're going to do, the time, it's going to be a little bit of an undertaking. Uh, so we want to make sure that we can find a way to make it sustainable and supported by the fan base. Absolutely. Uh, what we believe right now, and uh, I would say this is probably about 90% of the case, is that $10 patrons will be all grandfathered yes. in. If you're already a $10 patron on the uh, Action Movie Anatomy Team Action Patreon, you'll just be you'll be given a free screen link to when we do this. And if you want to become a new patron, we'll give you guys a link to a, a new Patreon we're doing called Team Action After Dark. And the first series we're doing on Team Action After Dark is the Drunk Watch Along series. Absolutely. So essentially we're going to have to start a new Patreon, which is the only way to honor those that are already paying and start a new way to actually tally the amount for this event. 
So we'll start that, and then, as Ben said, links will go out to everyone ten dollars and above, and and everyone else. Uh, we're gonna try to get you guys to. I mean, even if it's just to hop in just for the watch along, we're gonna try to do them maybe once a month. If it's we... it's gonna be a one time payment to start, like yes, a, like a exactly. once. It's not a subscription. Yeah, exactly. So you'll you'll, you'll literally it's like a pay per view something. You'll 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 you guys will be the people that will contribute to this. Uh, we have to figure out the time that it's yeah. gonna make the most we'll, sense we'll to most stream. Likely shoot on Fridays. Uh, and the timing will put up in polls on a specific time on Fridays here for us in America on the West Coast. Yeah, and we'll be picking a movie. It might be an AMA movie. It might be a movie we've never done on AMA. We've talked about a couple different options. Fight Club was one of the options. Yeah, we've talked like anywhere from Fight Club to MacGruber to just covering like Point Break again, you know, so. Yeah, one of the classics, The Last Samurai, <clears throat> perhaps. Yes. I would do that one in a heartbeat. Or we could just watch the 35 minutes of B-roll from Mission Impossible 6 drunk. Yeah, That could be amazing. All these are good ideas. So uh, the best place to get information on this, guys, is go to one of the Facebook fan pages, the uh, Action Movie Anatomy Facebook fan page. There's about 1,500 people in there. You can check that out. It's also the Team Action fan group on uh, on Facebook, which is more for our Schmodown personalities, but you can get information there. Yep. And patreon.com slash teamaction is where you'll find information on all of the uh, Patreon things. So Absolutely. get ready for the Drunk Watch Long series. We're really excited about it. It's going to start in the next couple weeks. You'll It'll probably launch the first one about a week after the time you see this video i'm guessing yeah guys i mean look if ben and i can convince ourselves to do something for work that involves drinking and watching movies and hanging out together it's going to be some incredible content it's going to be fun stuff yes. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's going to be good so uh so moving back to the show here in production development honestly the most interesting people behind this project are obviously john wayne and john ford john ford is known as one of the most iconic directors one of the most influential directors ever the guy's yeah. made it. He directed over 140 films. However, a lot of them were lost because he did a lot of silent films that were just never they just gone. Yeah. Poof, out of there. So you said uh, that he and um, Wayne had worked together a lot, which is true. And his career spanned for over 50 years I in Hollywood. It's 13 or 16 collaborations, but it's funny. Some of the films I mentioned, like The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, is another one of those referenced here. He's actually won the uh, Best Director Oscar four times. It's a yes. record. Nobody else has ever done that. And not only that, but his film, How Green Is My Valley, won Best Picture famously in the year that Citizen Kane came out. Instead of Citizen oh, Kane. Oh, yeah. Um, this was actually a Schmodown question in a match I was in recently, but I knew this answer. 18 movies. Yeah, what was the movie that came out that won Best Picture that year? And uh, it was How Green Was My Valley. Yeah, and you, John, got, you knew it, didn't you? I knew it, yeah. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, John Ford is, uh, you know, he's a legend. He's one of the all-time one of the all-time guys. But he made one style of movie <clears throat> primarily, which is Westerns. Yeah, and and it's so interesting now because you and I have covered so many movies. And, and like, I've been on a lot of sets now. When you watch old movies like this, you truly appreciate these long shots of incredible scenery and you appreciate even shots that are more than 10 seconds long back then. And uh, honestly, I even appreciated when Martin showed up in the movie. Yeah. He shows up the movie, rides off the horse and he kind of like jumps off of it in the doorway and, and like, skedaddles the horse and then comes in yeah that's really tough to choreograph yeah a lot of a lot of the camera work in this movie was really cool i think i really liked a lot of the stuff where he's shooting inside the house through the doorway yep there's a lot of those shots obviously the famous one but there's also earlier shots where that's happening where you kind of see people entering the frame from out yeah you can't quite tell what the what the perspective is but uh, I, I think that's very, very cool stuff. Uh, I really like the parallel shot of, like, the, the Comanche and them, like, w- riding, like, next to each other before yeah. they like, go into battle. Um, I think it's fascinating watching stuntmen get shot yeah. and throwing themselves off of horses. Yeah. Like, that shit looks brutally painful. painful. Yeah. yeah. And they do it. They just do it over and over and over. And so 
I I found that to be something just really incredible. He he did do a lot of really amazing shots, a lot of really incredible location shots. Um, some complaints when the movie came out were about like how some of like the campfire scene could have been shot at the front window of a sporting goods store, like yeah. that it looked like that cut out. But honestly, I I really salute him for pushing to those like that snow scene had to have been real, right? Like it looked. In the snow? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm just joking. Yeah. yeah, it was a soundstage. <laughs> but but the fact that he makes all that stuff look as good as it does, but all the stuff out in the desert, like with the massive rocks and the in the massive um like wide angle shots, yeah, are really cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean definitely, and, and you think about how difficult it was to make something like that look good in nineteen fifty six. I mean there's there's some other westerns from this time. It would be kind of fascinating, I think, because I do find the the genre of Western to be very fascinating. I think it would be cool to talk to somebody who uh, who knows a lot about this and to kind of go through a little of a crash course of like the top 20 westerns. Well, maybe if uh, you and Roca are still friends after I destroy him, after you destroy him, and wreck him. And just, yeah, well, that's what I mean. I mean, Roca and you and myself and Team Action and Top 10 have had quite a long rivalry in the league. But honestly, the man's probably the most educated person out there on westerns. When it comes to westerns. He knows yeah. a lot. Yeah, he knows a lot about westerns. I've... Uh, you know, I've got, uh, I've got my thoughts on Roka. Kill him. Uh, all right, so critical and box office reception. This is um, <clears throat> this is interesting. We haven't really ever covered a movie like this. So uh, Warner Brothers produced it. It cost $3.75 million to make. Mm. Wonderful. Uh, it was released in May of 1956 at a, this is like the Chicago Theater. Okay. Like they didn't do massive wide releases. Um, it ended up being released in certain theaters in the U.S. and in Canada. It grossed four point eight million dollars. Yeah. Which is uh it didn't yeah, it didn't do well. This it movie didn't do that well. This is a famous <clears throat> movie for it not really being particularly well received when it first came out. It's really interesting. If you go back and you read the critical reception behind this movie, it's very up and down and up and down up until like the last twenty years, and then yeah. they really start to just be like, This is one of the greatest. Yeah, I mean there's there's only a few movies like that that I can think of that are truly in that sort of uh, it took us years to realize this was a classic t- territory. Um, it's a Wonderful Life is another one like that, that. Oh yeah, it was not considered a classic for a long time, and then it became one of these all-time movies. Um, but I mean, I think if you look up a list, if you were to Google right now, top ten John Wayne movies, The Searchers is usually considered to be number one or in the top three. They're like Stagecoach. There's yep, like, there's like two Stagecoach, Shane. He's, well, not Shane. That's because he's not. Oh Shane. no, you're talking about John Wayne. John Wayne. Oh, yeah, I thought yeah, you were talking yeah. about specifically about westerns. No, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Just for John Wayne, though. I mean, the Searchers <clears> is, is right up there. So, um, on IMDb, then you had uh, the critical reception was an eight. Rotten Tomatoes gives this movie a hundred percent on the all, 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 all critics as well as top, top critics, yeah. and then audience gives it an eighty-eight. This is kind of an irrelevant number yeah, because it's from so long ago. Exactly, and <clears throat> and it's also one of those things where it's just people give so much credit to older movies. They really do, you know, like, because some of these reviews aren't from the, you know, the internet wasn't around in the 50s. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. So it's like some of these reviews are newer. It's it's interesting. But that being said, Westerns are a, a, an adored genre out there. And, and honestly, they're kind of finally coming back. Well, in an interesting way. Yes, yeah. I agree. Like, the, there are good Westerns being made. Uh, I think what you mean is, is, this is an allusion to the point I made earlier, which is that in the 40s and 50s and 60s, it was the most common American genre. So you just had tons and tons and tons of Westerns. By the late 60s, by the time The Wild Bunch came out, uh, there was a general consensus reception to that film, which was like The Wild Bunch and uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid both released in 1969. American audiences were like, we don't want these old white dudes riding around on horses shooting each other. This is incredibly violent, and it's also like not relevant anymore. It was not like 
PC anymore with sort of the hippie culture. It was like, mm. it's not just all about these like old mid fifties, violent white guys riding around on horses and not saying much and being super misogynistic. It's like free love. Or, you know, like that was the right. era. It's so just the, the times had changed, which is why the most famous Westerns of the seventies are all made in Italy. They're, they're the, the spaghetti Westerns with, uh, with Eastwood fistful of dollars in those movies. They're all, when the good, bad and the ugly come out 76. Right. Uh, or sorry, the sixties, the sixties, sixties. Yeah, so yeah. okay, I'm wrong about that. Yeah, sixty four, yeah, sixty five, yeah. sixty six. Those are all in the sixties. But <clears throat> but yeah, like by the seventies, like the western was not an American genre that was happening. No. So so and he, then you and then you get to the eighties and you realize it's just gone. Yeah, Eastwood kept it going. He started directing his own western. So you mm-hmm. have movies like Pale Rider and you have uh, the Outlaw Josie Wales and all these films that he was making and he was starring in and directing his own movies. But it wasn't the same. So as you get into the modern era, like I guess the question we want to ask is, what are our three favorite modern westerns? Yeah, and I, I mean, I hope they're not just the same lists, but there's actually a lot more out there than you think about. And and um, I'm going to hop in with my very first one, which is uh, Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water is fantastic. I love Hell or High Water. I think, I think it's awesome. That's I, truly a Western. Too. It truly is, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's a really exciting thing about Taylor Sheridan and what he's doing is he really is making the modern Western that's palatable to us, and it still pays um, um, homage to old Western films and, and Hell or High Water you just feel it, yeah. You know, like Bridges just Bridges just is yeah. Western. He's a classic, and yeah. he, you know he played Rooster Cogburn in the True yep. Bit remake. Exactly. Um, I'll go next in with mine, and I'm gonna actually. Do, do, I can do nothing for you, son. Yeah, he says that in the trailer. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll I'll piggyback with you here, and I'll say I'm gonna go with Wind River because it's. <sighs> Wind That's River my was, next one. Was one of my favorite films last year. I mean, that was Wind River might be one of my favorite films ever. Yeah. It's it's so well done. Um, yeah, I abso- I absolutely absolutely love that movie. But since you said Wind River, I won't take it. Uh, I'll just throw this in for fun. I actually really like Magnificent Seven. I really enjoy <laughs> the new remake. I think it's like a dumb the Fuqua film. Yeah, it's it's like not a true western. It's not like a true like we uh, take ourselves super seriously yeah. movie. But it is awesome, and, and there's like some great dramatic moments in it's it. It's a remake of the original Mag Seven, which yeah. is kind of the same thing. Yep. Um, I- I'll go number two, and I'll say, and I have to see it. Again, but I do remember loving it when I first saw it in theaters in 07. That's uh, 310 to Yuma. I love that movie. I need to watch that. I need to watch 310 to Yuma and The Assassination of Jesse James again, oh, yeah. like, badly. That was a good one, too. Both of those. I really like that remake of 310, and the more I look into it, the more I find that people really love that movie, too. That movie's supposed to be considered by most to be one of the great ones. Yeah, I again, I need to rewatch it. I remember watching it, and I think I was just, like, a little too in college to care Me you know too. what i mean yeah i remember yeah. really liking it but like not having any bad feelings about it and and i keep hearing people keep suggesting we do it on the show so i feel like probably we'll do that on the show at some point yeah definitely it's got, it's got crow in the pre-fat sweaty crow phase it's Love got it. it's got bail in his prime yep like between uh begins like right between and, begins and dark knight yep yeah uh and i have to i just have to thank you for this one i gotta steal it it's logan yeah. logan is just like ugh, so good it's my favorite movie of 2017 i think it's mine too like now that all the dust has settled and time has gone by I like Blade Runner. I like Wind River a lot. Um, Logan is... Every time I even just see a clip from that movie, I'm like, ah. The ending <laughs> to Logan is was where it really reminds you how much of a Western it is because it takes the direct line from Shane. Yeah. Even the reference to Shane during the film, it, it really is such a reminder. It's this, it's this like, you know, dusty road trip. Yeah. It's, uh, 
It's about it's it's this sort of self realization, this sort of uh, broken character. You know, mm-hmm. like it's it's very, yeah, it's a beautiful movie. Um, I, I would have used Logan. I think I'll jump in with my third, and, and I will say uh, Unforgiven is my third. I actually just watched Unforgiven the other day. Really? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I love it's Unforgiven. Good. I'm a fan. I actually watched Gran Torino too. Yeah, also really good. Finally, uh, but Unforgiven <clears> is like <throat> Gran Torino is the modern western. Yeah, that scene <laughs> in Unforgiven. I mean, there's a couple really good ones. That scene in Unforgiven after they they kill the guys and he's sitting there. And the kid's like, I shot that guy. Oh, I shot him yeah. right in the ass. He's like, kill him, man. He's just drinking the bottle. He's like, and, he, and he's, the kid's been drinking the whole time. Yeah. He's like, take a drink, kid. Yep. Yeah, like, that's a uh, hell of a thing. What's he say? Hell of a thing, killing a man. Hey, yeah, yeah. Hell you of a thing. take away all he's got and all he's ever going to have. Yeah. That's a good That's line. a great line. Yeah. Take away all he's got and all he's ever going to have. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. And and Gene Hackman's fantastic. Oh, I love Gene. Yeah, when he goes and he goes to the bar. I'm like so bummed that Gene didn't just do like a little bit more. I know. You know? He goes to the bar so and he's good. like. He, what's he say? He's like, you just shot an unarmed man. And he's like, should have armed himself before decorating his bar with my friend. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, pretty great. So many great lines in there. That's, again, I think in order to be the most masculine, you had to be a Western actor. It seems you just like had it. to. Yeah, it seems There's like something it. about it. Yeah, West, you know, Roka's the most masculine guy we know. Nope. Cut. Cut the tape. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Moving on past that horrible. You know what? We're going to go on to favorite lines, because that was such a terrible line. That was a terrible line. a horrible thing. Let's cut that one from the record. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to hop in first. I love the line. It's actually in the snow, of course. And it's, they don't understand that there are critters that just keep coming. We'll find her. Yeah. Just as sure as the earth is, or just as sure as the turning of the earth. Yeah. I like, uh... She's using critters and sounding badass. Yeah. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I like, uh... I like like when he's talking to the, the the preacher, the reverend or whatever his name is, and he's like, and he's like, um, well, he says something to him, and he's like, now are you asking me as a preacher or as the as the general? Are you giving or, order as yeah. a captain, or yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just something about the way John Wayne's like, I'm a criminal, but I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, I've definitely done some wrong things. You know, you're just like, yeah, man, this guy's he's sketchy throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I like that about him. And I also like uh, two dozen enough to go. Plenty to go around. Plenty to go around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anime question, it's always tough because uh, we're pre-taped, so we pre-taped. don't have any. We already kind of answered the, uh, the major one, which is the masculinity question. Right. Um, I believe, you know, I believe the the categories, the three ca- action movie categories of totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. I'm going to say this movie is ridiculously legit. I am too. I was actually just going to say it's totally legitimate, but I think... Too much of the honestly for me, it's just the Comanche. If if they were just not Asians or just white guys, yeah, I could, it could just help me out a little bit more. But I understand that's the way that it was. It's just uh, really silly. I mean, it just the, is silly, and it's hard for me to stay into it. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I agree. So uh, that's that's going to be my vote there. Uh, we got one last thing left here, and it's called the pitch. pitch. I'm going to talk oh, at the camera right now, keep you guys entertained while Drew looks up, up this the, list. Yep, exactly. Uh, so I can see it. Just keep group, keep talking. It's a group mind. There's a group mind. If we were really like smooth, I wouldn't have pointed it out, and I would have talked about something else. Yeah, you would have, but uh, we're actually going to cover a movie, one of our absolute, I'm going to try to like break it down for you, one of our absolute favorite movies of all time. I decided this with him, but it was weeks ago. So yeah, it was remember. an incredible tracking shot in it, has a, a hero that we kind of love, but you kind of hate him at the same time. He's kind of a bitch. Tracking shot, hero that I love. Motorcycle, kill. Motorcycle, Kill. Tracking shot? Boogie Nights? What are we doing here? Children of Men. Oh, sick! Yeah! Sick! I know! Oh, this I'm is going to so be a good excited. One. I had no idea it was Children of Men, which... And then the following week, we're going to either do Predator 1 
or two, and then we're going to follow that with Predator, the, or new, new, the new Predator yeah. or Predator Two. Oh, but sweet. yeah, Children of Men. I mean, this is like a movie that it's like one of our this friendship a, movies. This is a great, great movie. So good. Yeah, this is, movie is fantastic. Uh, this we should maybe try to get a guess for this one. Yeah, exactly. Anthony loves that movie. Yeah, it's a dude. great sci-fi it, movie. It's so good. The, the, there's so many incredible shots in it. The acting is phenomenal. Julianne Moore is great. There's there's so many holy shit moments. Like it is one of the best movies ever. I love Julianne Moore. I do too. Um, so, guys, that's going to be the deal. Children of Men next week, same time, same place. Thanks for watching. Big salute to Andrew Hayes for suggesting this film. This was an absolute blast. Go check out patreon.com slash teamaction for more information on the Drunk Watch Along and the Patreon and things in general. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media. You guys can find me at Andrew Guy, and you can find the podcast Team Action Show on Twitter. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Views expressed here are those of the host only, not necessarily the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.